The security surrounding Selena is not being taken seriously, and Chal is not happy about it. Meanwhile, Caltain pumps Harrington for info about Lady Lillian. We will be right back as we continue our story of Throne of Glass. I'm Captain O.G. Readmore, a reading kind of cat. Read a book like me, you'll soon agree that reading is where it's at. Welcome back to the Book Militia Booktube channel where we are talking about The Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Mass. And in last chapter, which was chapter 17, there was a long conversation between Prince Dorian and his mom, Queen Georgina, about the future of Dorian's marriage. Now, Dorian wasn't interested in talking uh, to his mom about this subject and there was also some spicy dialogue between Prince Dorian and Selena in the sparring room. Now, Selena somehow managed to set up a sparring match between Dorian and Princess Nehemia, which really turns out to be a kind of a funny situation. So let's get started in chapter 18. And this uh, episode, we did chapter 18 and 19 because 18 was only three pages, so I put them together. Uh, I didn't want to make a video that was only like three minutes long because of uh, the chapter being so short, so I just put them together. So we're going to do 18 and 19 in this episode. So, so our chapter begins with Dorian and Princess Nehemia in the sparring room. As Dorian instructs Nehemia on the finer points of swordplay. Now, this is a continuation from the last chapter when Selena kind of set up this sparring match between Nehemia and Prince Dorian, kind of out of a uh, funny way, or he didn't want to do this, in other words. So she set it up where he was kind of forced into it. So which she thought was pretty funny. So what happens now is Selena's standing on the edge of the room, and Dorian and Nehemia are in the middle of the room, I guess getting ready to spar, or already starting to spar. And it says that Selena looked at Dorian and kind of examined him, examined him and thought, you know, how handsome that he was. And she had wondered, you know, why... Was he not married yet? Now, this is funny that she's thinking of this, you know, after he just uh, went through this conversation with his mother about who his bride should be. So she thought, you know, it would really be nice to kiss him. So this is kind of interesting, you know. It seems like there is some attraction there going on. Uh, it says that she had been kissed before by someone named Sam. Now, apparently Sam was this assassin also, probably under the tutelage of Errol Ben Hamel, which was her so-called father, you know. Uh, I, I assume that they were in training together and they had grown to like each other. And it says that she had grown up with him, but it also says that she had lost him a year ago. So we don't get any more information about that, uh, how he died or what their relationship actually was, but that was pretty much it. And it says that she was still hurt about this situation and really couldn't imagine kissing another person. But when she looked at Dorian, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so 
she looks back at uh, Prince Dorian and Nehemia. They're over there sparring, and Nehemia lunges at uh, Dorian and slaps him on the wrist with her practice sword. Selena laughed as Dorian, you know, his face grimaced, and he rubbed his sore wrist. Selena leaned up against the wall thinking, you know, why did he have to be so handsome? So again, you know, she's still not losing this train of thought that she's having with, you know, what it would be like to kiss him or, um, you know, how handsome he really is. But then suddenly, you know, someone grabs her arm from behind and very painfully, actually, you no, know, very hard grip. And she hears this voice and it says, what is this? And she turned, and there, you know, Chow Westfall standing there. And Selena says, "What is what?" And Chow asked her, "Why? Why was the prince and Nehemia sparring?" And Selena said, "Because he volunteered to teach her how to fight." And Chow pushed her away and walked towards the two that were sparring. The sparring stopped as Chow and Dorian walked over to a corner of the room. And there were some words exchanged, and Selena had noticed that the child was pretty angry about this that was going on. And Dorian, you know, didn't seem too angry about it, but there were angry words exchanged. And then Chow walked back to Selena and said, The guards will take you to your room. What? You know, Selena says. She said, The test is tomorrow, and I need to train. Chow said, I think you've had enough training for today. It's almost dinner time, and Bruyo's lesson ended two hours ago. So Chow said, get some rest. You need it. And no, I don't know what the challenge is, so don't ask. And Selena, you know, in a loud voice says, that's absurd. So Chow, you know, through his clenched teeth, he says, keep your voice down. So Princess Nehemia, you know, had heard this going on, and she looks over uh, at Selena, which she had heard, you know, this raised voice by Selena, and Selena kind of waved her off, you know, and, and, you know, said, get back to, to sparring, you know, I guess kind of telling her, you know, everything's okay, because Nehemia kind of likes Selena, she has been the only person, you know, that speaks her native language, so uh, I guess she was a little bit worried what was going on, and Selena said, I'm not going to do anything, you moron. You know, she's saying this to Chow because he's still worried, you know, about her, you know, uh, the security of her situation. And Selena is getting used to this kind of relaxed atmosphere. And then when Chow puts this pressure back on her, you know, as far as security goes, she's kind of getting angry about it. So Chow said, are you honestly so blind that you can't see why we cannot allow this? And Selena said, can't allow? You're just scared of me. And Chow says, don't flatter yourself. And Selena, you know, replies, do you think I want to go back to Indovier? You think that I'm not aware that if I flee that I will be hunted down? She goes, in the morning, you know, when we run, I vomit. Because my body is still a wreck, so I train longer, but you punish me for it. So, you know, kind of a heated exchange between these two. And Chow says, I'm not going to pretend that I understand how a criminal's mind works. And Selena, you know, she's like just, you know, can't take anymore. She throws her hands up in the air and says, you know what? 
I hate sitting in my room all of the time. I hate all of these guards and this nonsense. I hate you telling me to hold back while Cain gets all of the praise. And I hate being told what I can't do. Most of all, I hate you. So very strong words. Yes, she's very upset about this situation. And, you know, with her kind of narcissistic behavior, the praise that Cain is getting is also bothering her. She likes to get the praise, you know, and she's not because she's being told to hold back when she knew that she could prove to all of these other champions in this contest that she is the best and that they should be fearing her and not Cain. So that's, you know, kind of what's going on right now. She turned, you know, angrily after this exchange of words and she walks out of the room and she was thinking, you know, there's nothing more than she wanted to do right now than to bash his teeth down his throat. So, yeah, she that upset her pretty bad. So the next uh, scene we find Caltain was sitting in the Queen's chamber when she saw Duke Parrington enter and walk up to the Queen. Uh, they started conversing and... It was a shame she thought that Prince Dorian had left so soon. Now, this is a continuation of when Queen Georgina and Prince Dorian had been talking about his future wife or who it would be. So, this is the same day, and, you know, Caltain is still in the room after he had left. So, she thought, you know, it was a shame that he had to leave so quickly and that she didn't even get a chance to talk with him. So, Caltain was made up, you know, very beautifully, and she was wearing this pink and yellow gown, it says that was crushing her ribs, so all of these ladies are wearing these corsets, you know, that are just squeezing the life out of them to make their their figure, you know, very, very Coke bottle shapeish, you know, and she had wondered, you know, uh, she uh, continuing on what she was wearing, she was wearing this pearl necklace, it said that choked her, and but she held her head high because, you know, she had to keep up this image of being a court lady and she had wondered why the duke had come in and was talking with the queen very nosy lady uh, it was very rare occurrence that parrington had showed up so she thought it must be something important so caltain saw duke parrington rise from talking to the queen and then she quickly moved into position to intercept him as he was leaving now, when he saw her, uh, his eyes gleamed, it said, with a hunger that made her cringe. So, in the past, you know, I'd said that probably she don't even like him, and here it is confirmed. She is repulsed by this guy, but to if she can't have Prince Dorian, she will marry this Duke Parrington because it will raise her position in the court. So, you can kind of tell what kind of lady that Caltain really is. Uh, so he bowed to her and he said, Milady, and she answered, Your Grace. And she it says she swallowed her repulsion again. You know, she's put off by this guy a lot. He held out, he held out his hand or his arm, you know, and she took uh, his arm and they walked into the hallway together. And, you know, this small talk between the two continued and... She kind of winced as his fingers, you know, I guess she was holding on to one arm and he was had the other hand and was rubbing her arm. And it says that she winced as his, uh, as his fingers rubbed her smooth skin. And she said, I hope you had a pleasant conversation with the queen. 
It was dangerous to pry, but it seems like she knew how to say things and not get into trouble, I guess. Uh, she had, it said that she had a stroke of luck last spring when she had met him, convincing him to invite her to the court, implying what he might have once she was out of her father's house unchaperoned. So it seems like they had met away from the castle and maybe in her hometown or somewhere else that Duke Perrington happened to be visiting and that she had flirted with him and kind of implied that, you know, that she would have a relationship with him uh, if, if, if she could get away from her father. So it seemed like Duke Perrington set up this opportunity for her to have a place in the court thinking that he was going to get something from her. So very conniving Lady Caltaine is and we're going to find out just how conniving she really is. So Caltaine wasn't here to be a minor lady waiting to be auctioned off to the highest bidder. She was tired of the petty politics and the easily manipulated fools. So there she is. You know, you can see how she thinks of these guys that are surrounding her, these men, you know. Uh, Perryton replied to her, you know, oh, the queen is well. And they walked towards Caltaine's room. So it says he didn't hide what he wanted and her stomach had clenched. Luckily that he had not pushed her into bed yet. And she, didn't, she thought that she didn't have much time left because men like Duke Perryton always got what they wanted. And she was going to have to give up what she had promised him. So Perrington continued with a... He, he said, you know, with a son at marrying age, still speaking of Queen Georgina, you know, and Prince Dorian. So with a son at marrying age, she's just really busy. And again, you know, Caltaine's kind of pushing for more information. She says... Can we expect uh, news of an engagement soon? So it says now, no, it, you know, in the book it says that she was pushing her luck with these questions. And Parrington had replied, I certainly hope so. Her Majesty has given him a list of names of girls that she deemed appropriate. Duke Parrington, though, suddenly paused. I guess he kind of realized, you know, maybe he was saying too much. And... Caltaine picked up on this pretty quickly and said, Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to pry. And she patted his arm, you know, tried to uh, make him calm down a little bit or not be so suspicious. So it says that she had to find out who was on that list and who it was that stood between her and the crown. So now we see what her aspirations are, and it seems like she will stop at nothing to get what she wants. She wants to be queen. She wants to be with Prince Dorian. And she's going to do everything she can to make that happen. And if she can't make that happen, then she will marry up as high as she possibly can. So that's what drives Caltaine. So Perrington replies, Oh, there, there's nothing to apologize for. Come, tell me what you have been doing lately. You know, so I guess she her words kind of calm him down a little bit. And Caltaine didn't want to give up just yet. And, you know, this kind of gave her an opening. And she said, 
Oh, I'm, I met a nice new girl recently, uh, which was a friend of Dorian's. Her name was Lady Lillian. And Duke Parrington, you know, suddenly went rigid because he knew exactly who this was, you know, uh, especially with him having a champion in the contest. And I guess, you know, he knew who she really was. He was one of the few people in the court that knew who Selena really was. So he knew this persona that they had created for her. And, you know, Duke Parrington said, uh, you met her? And Caltaine says, oh, yes, she is quite kind, you know, and what a lie, you know. She, she's such a liar and a conniver. And the, the prince seems to like her a lot. I hope her name is on that list, you know, Caltaine continues. And she was prying, you know, for info, but she was doing it in a way that, you know, didn't kind of raise suspicion. Uh, she she was very surprised at Parrington's response, and he said, of course she's not on the list, you know. And Caltaine said, oh, I'm sure her heart will be broken. And the, the Duke's face, you know, was getting redder by the moment it said, you know, he didn't like this conversation at all. And, you know, Caltaine again pushes more and kind of puts a lie into there. And she says, I heard not even an hour ago from the prince. And she said, you know, and Parrington said, you heard what? So she was getting a thrill out of his anger, you know, pushing his buttons like this. And, you know, even telling a lie, you know, of, of what. And it was kind of, she had, you know, plausible deniability since she said, I heard, you know, it's that, you know, she could have said, oh, maybe it was just a rumor. So she has a way out, you know, just in case. And she, you know, after Duke Perry says, you heard what? And she says, oh, that, that he was attracted to her, possibly in love. And Perrington says, that's absurd. So they stopped at the end of the hallway, you know, which led to Caltaine's room. And Perrington, you know, it continued on. He says, absurd and foolish and impossible. He goes, and someday I will explain why. So, you know... So she know now knows that he knows something that he's not telling. And Periton said, you know, I have to go. I have a meeting. And before he left, you know, he whispered into her ear, perhaps I will see you tonight. So Caltaine thought, you know, I have to find out more information about this Lillian and somehow, some way to get her claws out of Dorian. So she thinks there's something going on between the two when there really is not yet, uh, but seems like there is starting to be hints of that there could possibly be in the future. So the next scene, you know, it cuts to Dorian and Chow. They're walking together uh, to go eat dinner. And Nehemia was safe in her room with her guards. And they both had agreed that it was foolish. I guess they had calmed down, you know, after this, heated discussion between the two. They both agreed that it had been foolish to have left Selena and Nehemia together, you know, to spar. And that Chow's absence was inexcusable. Chow said to Dorian, you seem rather friendly with Sardothian. Jealous are we, Dorian said. So concerned for your safety, he said. So, you know, Dorian's kind of egging him on or teasing him about having some kind of uh, attraction to Selena. And, you know, he's kind of denying it by very strong words, you know. Uh, just, 
you know, concerned for your safety is all it is. And he said, she might be beautiful and charming, but she still is an assassin. Dorian, you know, replied, you sound like my father. And it's common sense, Dorian. Stay away from her. And Dorian says, don't give me orders. And, you know, Chow said, I'm only concerned about your safety. And Dorian said, no, why would she kill me? I think she likes being pampered. And she hasn't attempted to escape or killed anyone. Why would she do it now? Dorian patted Chow on the shoulder and said, you know, you worry too much, my friend. And, you know, Chow says, it's my job to worry. Dorian replied, you know, you'll have gray hairs before you are 25, and then Sardothian surely won't fall in love with you. <laughs> so Chow, you know, he replied, you're talking nonsense. If she escapes the castle, she will break your heart, you know, Dorian says. So they go back and forth, you know. Chow says, you know, I don't like her. And Dorian finally, you know, changed the subject, sensing that Chow was starting to get angry. Dorian says, you know, what about the eye eater? Any leads? And he said, I've studied it again and again, but something tore him apart. His guts were scooped out and missing. Even his brain was gone. So this is very interesting news here because, you know, if it was a simple murder, there would be no way that whoever did this would stick around to take the guy's guts and to, to cut open his head and, you know, remove his brain and take that away because they were missing. They were even not even on the scene. This is very strange to me. And I, I can't imagine, you know, at one hand I'm thinking, was it a person? And then another hand I'm thinking, was it an animal? You know, we haven't heard of anything really mystical in this land yet other than the kind of hint that there used to be magic just very confusing and very mysterious to me you know and if if this happened in the castle so it must have happened very quickly so i mean what could have done this so dorian says you know maybe a drunken brawl but yeah i, I can't buy that at all you know and dorian couldn't either or uh you know Charles said this well maybe it was a drunken brawl but dorian you know he said but you know, when was the last time a brain was removed in a drunken brawl? So very, very mysterious, very strange, uh, very dark things that happened. So Dorian put his arm around Chow and said, With you, my friend, looking into it, it will be solved by tomorrow. You know, these guys are really good friends and that they can tease each other, you know, and uh, he can push, Chow can say things that other people can't say to Dorian because... They grew up together and they're such good friends. So that, guys, will end the episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Uh, if you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do so. We are the Book Militia on YouTube. And if you're listening to the podcast, I also want to thank you for joining me. Uh, you guys could spend your time anywhere else, but you chose to spend it with me. And I highly appreciate that. And with that... We will end the episode, and I will see you next time. Take care.